0: Should, should we start this episode Paul Goble show style where we just talk yeah, just until talk we decide to start it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's funny because my show with Mike, I, I started it by going, hey everybody, what's shaken? Paul Gobel, <laughs> the Paul Gobel Show <laughs> podcast. And then Mike insisted that he never has said what's shaken at the beginning of his show. <laughs> I think I he guess. says what's happening. He almost always says what's happening, but he has said what's shaken before. He says he denies it. <laughs> oh, and here's something. We were arguing about um uh people like doing something shitty uh and then uh they go into like their big break and whatever and i said and he said oh, like tom hanks you know bachelor party was his first thing and i said well i think b- he might have made bachelor party first but splash was released before bachelor party Oh right. Really? Hmm. and he says no 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 bachelor party first and we looked it up on imdb and they both came out the same year yeah but it didn't say what month which what what is your opinion movie nerd experts uh, I don't when know it comes number. to
2: month of release, uh, that's that's where my nerddom did runs Bachelor out. Did Bachelor Party even come out in the theaters? I don't oh,
1: remember. I'm sure
0: it probably did. But I've, I've I never don't know. seen Bachelor Party. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I hate Splash.
1: I love Bachelor Party. I do hate Splash. It's a terrible movie, but Bachelor Party's <laughs> awesome. We it's like John Candy, movie. though, in Splash. Oh, yeah. He's the only so. good thing about it, yeah. yeah. but uh, Bachelor Party would be great if, like, well, it's like if they had put those two movies together... Like Daryl Hannah was naked, or it was Tawny Catane in Daryl Hannah's ro- role, and she was naked.
2: Uh-huh. That's a great movie. <laughs> all right, everybody. So this is uh, this is uh, uh, the BP Supplement. Uh, I'm Tyler. I'm David. And we're here with uh, Paul Goebel. Hi, I'm Paul. and He uh, yeah. hasn't
1: been on the show in more than a year.
2: I know. It's very exciting.
1: Uh, things my- have changed so much. I can't believe all things are so different here at the... BPHQ. <laughs> <laughs> um, your cat and is fatter. Your wife is gone. That's, David's single. That's, uh, th- th- that's
0: right. He is. Um, no, that's actually not right. <laughs> no, you're no longer single? Yeah, I got a girlfriend. Wow. So it's the first time, we on met, this show.
1: first time we met here, you had a girlfriend, and you were moving in with her. Then when you guys did no, my I show- already
0: moved in with her. We moved out here together.
1: Oh, Okay. Oh, you were moving. That's what yes, it was. You were just right. moving. We were moving yeah. Then you did my show, and I think that you were moving. Then you did my show again, and you were single. Yeah. And now you're no longer single.
0: Yeah. Different girl. <laughs> yes, different oh, yeah. girl. <laughs> I'm not. I've got a little bit of self pride.
2: I, 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 I've never
1: gone crawling back in my life. Excellent. That's good to hear. <laughs> and I don't. I don't recommend it.
2: <laughs> uh, so uh, in keeping with and w- w- w-
1: when Paul says Tyler's wife's gone. Just oh be, she's, she's in the other room yeah <laughs> yeah last time i was here it was a big deal apparently for me to come uh D- tyler even said my wife is a great hostess and if there's anything that you want her to uh, prepare or make you know if you have any special dietary concerns which was nice because i had just had the surgery so i couldn't eat a lot that's right and i said well i don't drink sir- soda but you know water's fine whatever and they made popcorn and she had just made chocolate chip cookies and the house yeah. smelled like cookies and he gave me water and stuff i was like oh this is nice and of course tyler's wife is beautiful i don't think i'm shocking anybody by saying she's way out of his league um but Ain't then the truth i come over here tonight and it fucking pizza boxes all over <laughs> garbage for the cat to play with wife's nowhere in sight she's in hiding so so my eyeballs my gaze does not burn her delicate skin uh, it's, uh, it's, as a, a redhead she does have delicate skin she does actually. well she yeah does. she's a redhead i'm saying even the the fiery gaze that i uh, of my ogles could definitely do some damage But uh, things definitely have changed in the year that I've been gone.
2: Yeah. We've been on your show like six times, (laughs) whatever. You're not even that, you're not that big of a deal to us anymore. (laughs) You know, it was a big, I guess it was a pretty big get at the time. It's like, Oh my gosh, Paul Goebbels coming over better put on my Sunday best.
1: (laughs) Well, and also that was like, you guys had just started and your, your listenership was about equal to mine. And then, uh, you quickly surpassed me and, uh, I have a, a small but devoted following I, and I have to say devoted to make myself feel better. There you go. About well, the smallish. We're
0: happy to count ourselves among them. Absolutely. Oh, well,
1: that's all that matters. I I was just telling Mike I'm lucky that I can have a personal relationship with each and every one of my viewers <laughs> or my listeners. And I do. I get emails all the time. Uh, you guys, I'm sure you guys had trouble downloading uh, the the 129 Lily. Yeah. 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 And I t- and as I said in the following podcast if you have problems let me know i've emailed that to like 10 people (laughs) so far and uh, i don't have a problem with it i'm okay and i get it and i listeners from i'm sure you guys get emails from all over but you know australia Mm. and yeah and canada i got a big listenership in canada for some reason Hmm. um i guess the canadians they don't know good comedy when they hear
2: it (laughs) well is is uh beat the geeks playing in canada right now or not no
1: not right now but it was playing more recently okay than here like when i was in canada doing this tv show over christmas people were recognizing me from that show okay it was playing as recently as like two years ago as opposed to america and i found out it was also playing in australia or uh, new zealand was playing in new zealand (laughs) the the two totally different places (laughs) that's right that's right well done
2: (laughs) um but uh well that's cool they should bring back beat the geeks i enjoyed that show i i've often thought about i mean the problem
1: is that was developed in conjunction with like Fox and uh, and Comedy Central, mm-hmm. and it's not like you know like Battlestar Galactica where Glenn Larson can make a hundred different versions mm-hmm. that it, whatever he wants. I don't know if you heard, but they're making the Battlestar Galactica movie has nothing to do with the either series. Hmm. Huh. It's a new imagining of it. But
0: and then aren't they doing another series? Uh, it's going to be like a, min,
1: a mini series. It's called uh, Caprica is a whole different has, like, nothing to do. It's from the people, from the makers of Battlestar Galactica. It has nothing to do with the series. Oh, okay. But then they're doing The Plan, which is a miniseries. It's basically told from the other side, what were the Cylons thinking? What was their plan? Hmm. It's, it's It's called The Plan, but that's coming out in a couple of years. But I was just reading today, and they asked, uh, what's the guy's name, Ron Moore? Yeah. They asked him, what's up with this movie? And he said, I have no idea. I have nothing to do with it. Glenn Larson just made a deal with somebody, and I have nothing to do with it. Huh. So, but the problem with beat the geeks is you'd have to talk to the producers, you'd have to talk to Comedy Central who does in it and you'd have to talk to Fox, who uh, produced the whole thing and get them all on board. And the sad thing is what they would do I, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure they would do like whenever they bring back anything. They you know recast it. It's totally new. It's the new beat the geeks. Oh. And they'd have you know they'd have all three new geeks. They wouldn't. I mean, why would they want us three old guys in their forties to? I be could the see geeks? them
2: bringing you back just because you're kind of a dick It'd on the show. A retro like you'd thing. be the
1: right. It'd be like we have the 19 year old movie geek and the 18 year old music geek and the classic TV geek. Paul Goble. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I would be. Yeah, that would be the the well. What would most likely happen in the true example of cable tv incompetence is they'd make me the host they'd hire <laughs> me to be the host and they'd hire someone who was worse than me to be the tv geek and i'd be a terrible host and that guy would be a terrible tv geek and the whole fucking thing would be a failure
2: why do you think you'd be a bad host do you uh would you just jump in with the with the answer or well first of all
1: i'm i'm not a very good host and in, in terms of like for for be the geeks there was a lot to read on the teleprompter for that show mm-hmm. like jay keith was great at that and uh and Blaine was a little not quite as good but when they were auditioning people to host the second season when they fired Keith Mm. they asked me to audition Hmm. and it was strange and like a lot of people came in to audition Um, Greg Fitzsimmons came in uh, Greg Barrett came in to audition, you know, he's yeah. not that is before he was famous, he's not that into you guru, yeah. um, and he was hilarious, the two best auditions of the day were Blaine and Greg Barrett, um, but a lot of comedians, Booger, Curtis Armstrong came yeah. in to audition, mm. um, the dude from CSI, uh, uh, Wally Langham oh. came oh, yeah. in to audition, a lot of people came in, and some people were funny, some people weren't, but they're were like, Paul, why don't you audition, and I thought it was kind of weird, and then a the producer took me aside before my audition and said, look, I don't want you to be freaked out by this. You know, uh, it was just someone had the idea and, you know, we're just trying different people, you know, but I don't want you to think that there's a lot of pressure. He said the worst that I said, well, the worst that can happen is I keep my old job. Right. And he goes, exactly. So even if you blow it, it's not like we're going to fire you from the show. So I was like, "Okay," and I did it and I'm like reading stuff off the cards kind of half acidly. And like I was supposed to say, we'll be right back, uh, you know, and something like "Uh, we'll be right back to see if the geeks can keep their geek fingers in the dykes of trivia something like that (laughs) and i fumbled it and i was like we'll be right back to see if the uh some guys put their fingers in some dykes so we'll be right back (laughs) (laughs) and i just didn't really care and so i would be a bad host in terms of that like i wouldn't be able to say the shit that you need to say as a host like Mm -hmm. we'll be right back (laughs) and stuff (laughs) that you know just to move the game along i'm not that kind of a host although i did i did this game show uh this live game show at, at bang at the oppression and I, I had a lot of fun doing it. I was able to, to do that well, but there wasn't a lot of talking in it. And you but didn't have to throw the commercials at all. Exactly. We weren't <laughs> really on TV. We were doing it live, so that's different, and I could fuck around. But I'm not really that kind of guy.
2: I'm not that not the kind of guy that would fuck around? No, I'm not
1: the kind of guy who can't, fu- who, who <laughs> who can't, can't not, not, not fuck not around. Fuck oh, around. okay. All right. I'm not Fair the enough. kind of guy who facilitates things moving smoothly.
2: I'm not that guy. As evidenced by... Every single episode of the Paul Goebbels show. <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
1: If you listen to my podcast, you know that that never
2: happens. Well, uh, in, we uh, for our, our BP supplement series, we've been having uh, our, our old guests back uh, to find out uh, just more about them as people, by which, of course, I mean what movies they really like. <laughs> um, and uh, and in this case, uh, you're you're given your 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 title as king of TV. Right. Um, you're well, you can talk about movies. Mm-hmm. But you, you're also welcome to talk about some of your favorite TV so shows. So, who
1: else have you had back? We
0: had, this we, had we had the aforementioned Mike Schmidt yeah. back. Okay, we had Graham Elwood. Had Graham Elwood back? We had uh, Pilar Alessandra. Yes, um, we okay. have a lost episode with Josh Peadham that uh, will eventually. I'll find and put up. <laughs> yeah. right. It literally it's is somewhere. lost. Yeah. It li- li- well, I know exactly where it is. It's on my ex-girlfriend's
2: computer in <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> wink, wink, May need to just re-record that one, yeah. David. Uh- <laughs> he's a
1: super famous TV star now, Josh Fadem. Is he? Yeah. Who is going to be on Dollhouse next week? Hmm. And he's got this great commercial, the Snickers commercial with Master P. Have, you guys haven't seen it? I uh, know. I don't. Oh, because no. Snickers has this new this new series of commercials that are really cool. And it's just Josh being Josh, wearing his own clothes, yeah. wearing his glasses, and his hair's messed up. And Master P sitting in this, uh, kind like of jewelry shop. Josh is eating his Snickers, and P has his giant necklace, dollar sign, or something. He goes, "What do you think, Josh?" He plays Josh, and Josh <laughs> goes, "I love it, P." And he puts it on the counter because he wants to pay for it, and it crashes through the counter. <laughs> and then they—they're they, really short, so they usually show two. The next one is with Patrick Ewing and this guy, and this guy's eating the Snickers. And Ewing goes, "Hey Dan," or whatever his name is, and he dunks on the guy and takes his Snickers. They're—they're yeah. they're wacky. Well, good for Josh. Huh?
0: Yeah,
2: I didn't—I didn't know that. Man, we gotta. We got to find a way to totally exploit that. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. But uh, I hope we find that episode before you know, because there's no way he's coming back now. Yeah, no, no. Not that P and Master P are good buddies. But uh, so now, uh, well, let's start with let's start with TV okay. first, because uh, you have some opinions I, about I, TV.
1: I have been known to be opinionated about the television. Yes.
2: Uh, what are some of your favorite TV shows?
1: Well, my favorite TV show of all time, and uh, this has been my answer i've been able to narrow because people always ask me what's your favorite show mm-hmm. what are your what kind of shows do you watch and i mean i've been asked the question a hundred times and i've i've been forced to narrow it down to my favorite sitcom and my favorite drama mm-hmm. and my favorite sitcom my favorite drama of all time is saint elsewhere okay um it was on at a very uh a very meaningful po- time in my life it was the first show for me as a young man that i could watch that i had a lot of characters i i was interested in all of the stories and all the characters I could follow them all. I thought it was really well written is very clever, you know, and that was one of the first shows that, um, they would make a point that they would, you know, put in like in jokes and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. and I, and I, it was the first time I was like old enough and I got the jokes that they would make and references to other shows or to movies or to music. There's remember one episode, there's a guy in the psych ward who thought he was Mary Tyler Moore or he thought he was Mary Richards. That's the thing. He thought he was Mary Richards from Mm -hmm. the Mary Tyler Moore show. And, um, He's like a recurring character. And then eventually Betty White comes on the show as another doctor or whatever. Well, they're two separate stories, but then in one scene she's walking down the hall and the guy who thinks he's Mary Richards goes, Sue Ann, Sue Ann, and calls Mm -hmm. after Sue Ann. And, of course, she's not Sue Ann Nivens or Betty White. She's some doctor. Mm -hmm. She's like, excuse me, I don't know who you are. In one episode, um, uh, Byron Stewart, who played Coolidge on The White Shadow, Remember okay. Coolidge, the real tall guy. I
0: never watched The White Shadow. Did, okay, didn't, didn't say well it. he
1: he was on The White Shadow, and he also played he played the same character on Saint Elsewhere. Not that you'd know it, but he just had the same name. Mm-hmm. Never mentioned it, but his name was Warren Coolidge, and on Saint Elsewhere they called him Warren. Um, and and it was kind of odd because of course White Shadow took place in L.A. and Saint Elsewhere took place in Boston, but the connection was Bruce Paltrow. He he created and produced right. White Shadow mm. and then produced Saint Elsewhere. But he was the same character and it wasn't a big deal. They just, if you knew about the two shows, you knew he was the same guy. He was, he was Warren Coolidge in one particular episode. um, Salami, Tim Van Patten was on it. You know, Tim Van Patten, he played Salami. He, was on The Master. I'm sure you guys watched The Master with Lee Van Cleef. <laughs> no. <I've laughs> I know who that is. is. You know who Tim, who Lee Van Cleef is? Yeah. Tim Van Patten. I know who Lee, Van, Lee, Lee Van, Cleef Van Cleef is. Well, Tim Van Patten eventually became a director. He directed a lot of Sopranos. Sopranos, yeah. So there you go. Oh, right. So I know you know that. So, But he, was in, he had an arc on St. Elsewhere. His, his wife was in the hospital. At one point, he's coming off the elevator, and Byron goes, Salami! <laughs> and he's like, excuse me? Oh, I'm sorry. he just looked like somebody I, I used to know, and that's it. Hmm. And I and I always thought that was great because there's a million people who don't get that. Yeah. You're writing for a very specific, uh-huh. you know, group of people, and I thought that's a very cool way to write. And then, you know, and they just had great characters and great actors. The show had, you know, so many great actors: Mark Harmon and Ed Begley and William Daniels, Ed Flanders, you know. And it was recognized as being great as well. So that was my favorite drama, and I loved it. And unlike a lot of people, I liked the finale. I liked. The way it ended with uh, the snow globe, and some people thought mm. it was a cop out, but mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. So uh, that's my favorite
2: drama. I had seen a, a special on like the like the great TV endings and history and stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, and insane elsewhere, isn't it? Sh- is it something that I should ruin? Like, and maybe I'm wrong. Isn't it that it's all? Uh, Don't look at me. Isn't, it, isn't right. it that it's like all a dream or something? Well, um, it's all in the mind of an autistic child oh yeah that is an interesting uh <laughs> yeah, twist
1: there's a character ed, ed flanders uh he has an autistic son on the show mm. and he's uh you know and it's difficult to have an autistic son uh, obviously yeah. but um and um but then when at the very last scene of the show um one of the other doctors is like reading a paper and ed flanders walks in he's in a hard hat and he's clearly a uh you know a construction worker or whatever foreman and he's like, "How was work today, Dad?" And one of the doctor is his dad, and he, and then he's like, "Any you know anything different today? No, just sits there staring at that globe." And so it's the three of them. It's the two of them and his autistic son, holding a snow globe mm-hmm. that inside is inside the snow globe is a little hospital and it says Saint Elegis, giving you the idea that the entire series took place in the mind of this autistic child. Hmm. That, and he cast himself in it, in his own little <laughs> fantasy series as the autistic kid. And some people thought it was kind of a cop out because it was like it's all a dream, none of it ever yeah. happened. But I thought it was cool. Uh, I thought it was an, an, an interesting thing because, to me, it said, "This is one of those things you could only make up." You know how yeah. you wa- you you know some stories are great, are better are like like this is a fant- a fantastical story. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's what it said to me. This is a really a fantasy story. It wasn't meant to be real. Or hmm. looked on as real. That's my opinion. Unlike bullshit like ER, which everybody thinks is real, and it's the fucking worst show on TV. I,
0: I love the first season of ER, and
1: I I understand credit. the first season was very good, and I'll give people credit for that. But the show should be called OR because it's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the problem with oh, the, the problem with ER is it's so fucking over dramatic and. And my main and I guess it's NBC's fault, really. They would advertise, you know, like it would be one episode. They'd say tonight one doctor betrays another. Will they recover? And then you watch the episode and, you know, George Clooney's like, hey, who drank my soda? (laughs) And that's what it's, you know, that was the crux of the episode. And I remember specifically this episode where uh, they're advertising uh, Anthony Edwards is on a plane in a helicopter. And uh-huh. they're saying, basically, this helicopter is going to crash. Will he survive? And you watch it, and and it's like five five-minute scene where he goes, oh, are we going to crash? And the guy goes, no, no, we'll be fine. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's it. And I thought, and then, you know, all the – and everybody's fucking each other. Why does everybody in the hospital have to fuck each other? <laughs> Every hospital shows like that. I mean, even St. Saint- Elsewhere to some extent. But, like, I mean, on St. – on ER – Every single person in the hospital is fucking somebody else in the hospital. I understand well, Grey's Anatomy, that's the point of the show. I get it. It's a high-pressure environment. They got to right. relieve their well, stress somehow. So so you're going to fuck somebody. And also somebody they work 18-hour days They're not meeting anybody else to fuck. So how do they even have time to have sex <laughs> if they're working so much? It's 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 fucking ludicrous. It's like even if, you know, like Anthony Edwards, he had a wife. And he he had to get divorced so he could fuck the someone in the hospital. It's yeah. fucking absurd I, I I hate that everybody's fucked they did it on Chicago Hope too and I like Chicago hope but i I don't believe that everybody is fucking each other you guys w- have have jobs right yes and you go and you don't work in your house you go somewhere for those jobs right Yes right and you've worked many different places in your lives right Yes mm-hmm. and, uh, have you ever fucked anybody you worked with at your work? no
0: you want know me answer that?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. You have <laughs> fucked someone you worked with at your work. Uh, yeah. How many different people? Just the one, and okay, she ended w- up being my girlfriend. One, and then you ended up dating, and you no longer worked together? Well, and did you keep working together after you fucked... For a little while, and then we moved to Los Angeles. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. But then you stopped working together. That's my point. Is it doesn't happen as often as it happens on TV, right? Not like all the swapping and uh... exactly, it's unrealistic. And look at like an ER is the worst because like you know Peter Benton is dating Doctor Corday until Eric LaSalle said, "Hey, why do all black successful black men have to date white women on TV? I'm not going to do this anymore." Uh So they're like, "Okay, uh, now you're dating Anthony Edwards." Now you're dating you're dating him. N- no, Eric
0: no. LaSalle was dating Anthony Edwards. No, yeah, because <laughs> that's what. It's,
1: yeah, s- a successful black man has to has to date a white man. That's the, <laughs> that's the key. They completely misinterpreted
2: uh, his objection. He's, ex- like, he's reading the script. No, oh, you guys missed the point. I can't believe you did this.
1: They're like, sorry, sorry, and they rewrote it, and now he's dating Carter. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it irks me. I mean, it's okay for sitcoms, I think, because you know they're ludicrous, and it, it lends for more comedic premises, but uh, it just bugs me on dramas, especially cop dramas when they're fucking each other. Really? You're really going to have sex with your partner? I mean, I'm not a cop. I don't know anything about law enforcement. But I would think that might impair your judgment when you're out yeah. on, on the street with your partner and someone's pulling a gun on them. You, you it might, you might cloud your judgment. Like, you know, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about Life on Mars. You guys watch the American version of Life on Mars? Uh, I, I've never
0: seen the American version. I saw, I saw some of the British version. Okay.
2: What about you? Uh, I haven't seen any, but I know the British version is, is coming out on DVD soon, and I'm I'm very much looking yeah, forward it's, to it. Well, it's
1: superior. Um, it's great, but the, but the American version is pretty much the same. The only thing they added is in the future or in the present, I guess. Um, Sam's partner is Lisa Bonet, mm. and they're dating. They're they're uh, uh. they're a couple, and in, and they're going after the serial killer. And and she gets abducted by him by the serial killer, and then he goes back in time. So it, whereas in the British version he's just trying to get back home, uh-huh. uh, in the American version he's trying to get back home. And save his girlfriend. And they've kind of gotten away with that. She's not even on the show anymore because she used to be in flashbacks. But I'm like, what? Does that even make sense? You're dating and, and fucking your partner? And then yeah. she gets abducted by a serial killer. That's why you don't fuck your partner. Because yeah. then when they get abducted by a serial killer, you can't be objective. That show's canceled, by the way. Yeah, Speaking I of funny.
0: The British Left on Mars, have you watched Ashes to Ashes? No, not all? yet. I watched the pilot. It's not...
1: I heard it's not up to snuff. Yeah, I heard it's not really. That's the main reason. Because I loved... I'm not a big fan of British TV. I think I've said this before. But I loved Life on Mars. I thought it was the fucking shit. I thought it was well done. It was well... It had the the weirdness that British TV, you know, used to have in the good old days. Like the Avengers and weird shit like that, you know. uh, With uh, just the weirdness of what he would see on TV and Uh weird phone calls. But then it had great acting. That dude who played Hunt. I don't know who he was, but man, he is great. Well, he's the... The main cop. The lieutenant.
0: Yeah, he's back on Ashes to Ashes. Right, I that's know. I the, know. That's what, for those who like, don't know, Ashes to Ashes is essentially a remake of Life on Mars, only it's a woman and it's 1981 instead of, what yeah, was it, it 74 70, 70 yeah. or uh Yeah, and it's kind of weak. But yeah, he's in it and he's essentially the same character, only all only 1981. Yeah. And, uh, he, yeah, he, Shorter he, hair. Yeah. He's a fun part of the show. But uh, it's I think it's weird that they did that, made just like a distaff version of life on mars.
1: Well, yeah, I mean I heard I heard they were going to it was supposed to be a sequel like and then someone said, "Well, we can't really do a sequel." So they were like because it's a very popular show. Mm-hmm. So they just, someone yeah. just said, "Well, let's just do another one." Cuz you know, that's the way British TV works, too. They, you know, they always it's always very finite. It's unlike yeah. American TV where as long as it's making money, it's on it's on the air. British TV, they write to the end. You know, Ricky Gervais said, "I'm done with you know, with the office after this." And extras but someone said ashes to, uh, or whatever. Someone said life on Mars is way popular. We got to keep this going somehow because I'm sh- I, I would not be surprised if someone, if the guys in charge went, hopefully American TV will buy ashes to ashes too. Yeah. And they'll put that on and then that will get canceled. Like life on Mars. ABC said they're going to write an ending. They're going to, they're going to end it, but we'll see if they keep their word. Cause I had a question for notorious you. notorious liars.
2: Um, cause this and is we well, you still have to get to Paul's favorite sitcom. Right. Uh, your right. Question. For yes. Me. Um, so every year of um you know there's uh, a slate of of new shows drama comedy whatever um and I always you know I'll I'll watch the, like the commercials for it and then you know entertainment weekly will usually have like a uh, somewhat in-depth description of what the show would be and and of course a lot of them are really awful but like there are some where y- you look at them and you're like and the you know the the assumption for American television at least is that well, hopefully this will be a successful show and we'll run at least five or six seasons. like that's what we want out of it. But like you look like I look at some and I'm just like, how do they ever think they could get you know like let's say this show succeeded beyond their wildest expectations? like the premise is just so is so like m- almost like a mini series like certain probably couldn't even like last. An entire season like how do they if they get picked up after after one season or something like that how do they sustain how are they going to keep that going i mean is that something but it does but it does happen like i've never i've never seen a single episode of samantha who but when i remember when that show came out i was like do they really think that's gonna that could continue i mean whether it's successful or not like how far ahead did they plan um i mean is that is that a does that happen a lot? I mean, well, you, you'd be the person to ask. So. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, the problem is, you know, you're right. You can't sustain shit like that. I mean, and it's, you know, historically, any sitcom that has a gimmick or, uh, you know, kind of a gimmicky premise like that, it always goes by the wayside. Look at Happy Days. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, the premise and the gimmick of Happy Days was it's a retro comedy. takes place in the 50s. People in the 70s who are now married and have kids can remember when they were teenagers and watch Opie and the Fonz, and it's great. But if you watch the later episodes that were aired in the 80s, you know, where it's just Patsy and the Fonz and Chachi walking around, the show could take place at any time. Mm-hmm. You have men wearing jewelry, you know, aside from Fonzie's leather jacket, the show has no relationship to the 50s whatsoever. They make no references to the 50s. It's like they don't even like in the, in the first season. There's this great episode where uh, Richie is uh, campaigning for Adlai Stevenson. And mm. it's a big deal because his dad, of course, wants to vote for Eisenhower. And at the end, they kind of come together. And it's one of those moments you realize, oh, Richie's becoming a man. He has his own thoughts. And it's back when the show was shot on film and it was actually decent. But then later on, you, you look at it and you're like, this show has nothing to do with the original premise. It's all about characters. And and and, and that's what happens. You know, a show like Two and a Half Men, you know, a very simple premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brother and his kid move in with the other brother because they're divorced you know that that premise is so simple they they can do without it on you know on a whim Mm -hmm. sometimes it works sometimes it has something to do with the show sometimes sometimes has nothing to do with the show Mm -hmm. and it's just dudes you know living together but if it's if it's a show that, you know, like Samantha, who is a, a great example, because that only works for maybe the first season, if even the whole season, eventually they have to decide, OK, what is the point of this now? What is she trying to do? And it basically just becomes a relationship show, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it becomes something like Raymond. You know, the great thing about Raymond was it started out as just a show about a guy. And his wacky family, Mm -hmm. you know, it was never a wacky premise. And it was able to sustain that. But all the good sitcoms, I mean, the successful ones, rather, just eventually become that. You know, Friends had no premise at all. Six people who were friends.
0: Do you think, like, networks are more willing to take uh, a show that has a sort of closed-ended gimmick now? Because they know that, A, that's going to be a hook for people. And B, if it doesn't last that long, uh, we can still sell it on DVD. Is that yeah? Well,
1: that's I mean, that's the difference is is because back in the day, like you said, they wanted the show to go five years because then they would have enough episodes for syndication. Mm. Well, now you don't need the, that many episodes for syndication because you can put it on cable, and you can put it on TBS or you can put it on Bravo or AMC or wherever, and you don't need you know all those episodes. I mean, there's you know, look at uh, all the shit that's on USA. Hmm. You know, uh, NBC puts all the law and orders on USA and House uh, is on USA. Fox sells sells those off like literally a week later when it's a a week later. House Hmm. is on USA, you know, because they don't need to put it on syndication. Syndication is not even. Uh, nobody even cares anymore. It's all about DVD and and cable. No. So so you're right. Uh, a show, uh, yeah. Sometimes they figure well because it's 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 a fine line because you want a show that's going to get people's attention. You're like this show's crazy. Look at the premise of this show. It's wacky. Everyone's going to want to watch it. So you want something that'll get people's attention, but then you also want something that'll sustain. You know, like everybody loves Raymond. When all they had to promote that show was Ray Romano. That's mm-hmm. it. That's the only thing they had to promote that show. It was like this you know hot new comic Ray Romano you know look at the Cosby Show. Mm. If Bill Cosby wasn't a star of that show, who would have watched it? Yeah, you know, yeah. a show about a successful black family living in New York. Who gives a fuck? You know, I, I couldn't imagine a worse show. But I knew it was Bill. <laughs> it was Bill Cosby's show. Here's one of my favorite jokes. Uh, David Spade told this joke and never on stage, but he told this joke. He said David Spade would say, "This is my impression of the network executives after watching the pilot for the Cosby Show. I love it." Lose the nigger, <laughs> but that's that's typical of fucking network executives because for the most part they're all stupid, trying to save their job, just trying to be the next you know. Everybody wants to be the next Brandon Tartikoff if they even know who that is, and they want they want you know to be the guy who discovered Lost or you know uh-huh. who, who gets who gets their sh- their show and gets them a bigger office, and so they're like, well, this is the next big thing, you know, uh, Seinfeld again. What the fu- who would have bought, who in their right mind yeah. would have bought Seinfeld? That is not a show. As they said, it's the unshow. There's no fucking premise there. But then, after that's off, they give every idiot from the show. They give Jason Alexander three bad shows. They give Michael Richards a terrible one. You know, they give uh, fucking uh, Julia Dreyfus. I liked her first show, Watching Ellie. I thought that mm. was better. But, you know, the premise of Watching Ellie is in it, real time, right? It was in real time. It was mm-hmm. 30 minutes out of her life. And, um... and and she was a a singer she was a nightclub singer who was struggling she was uh the her guitar player was married and they were having an affair it was really like in in depth and people re- forget steve carell was on that show <laughs> and he was hilarious you know he was brilliant on that show and it was really cool and it was created by her and her husband and then eventually the network said this real time thing isn't working like they would have a clock yeah in, yeah. in, in on the screen eventually network said this isn't working you need to cut the real time thing and more steve carell and then they canceled it and now the show she's got now it's very popular but i think it's a fucking snooze fest i can't sit through it you yeah, know
0: never tried to it's watch. it's terrible it. yeah. and
1: it's and it, all it is is just a show about a divorced mom being wacky and living her life yeah i don't want to see that i know enough divorced moms it's not interesting to me <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah actually it's 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 a. Uh, I didn't even think of, of the idea of planning on DVD but that's something that you run across uh with film a lot. I, I interned at a at a place that uh they were putting out uh, a film that was very it was very independent. Um it didn't really get uh, it it did get a theatrical release, but listening to uh a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, I mean they they said like, yeah, like as they were pitching it, they said like, yeah, this uh you know, it's not going to have a big theatrical release, but it's going to kill on D- on DVD. And did it? Um, and I don't think it's I don't think it's come out yet. But oh. having honestly, like having worked at a blockbuster and kind of knowing the stuff that people gravitate towards, mm-hmm. when I heard him when I when I heard them say this thing's going to kill on DVD, I remember thinking like, yes, it absolutely will. It's <laughs> you know, it's a uh, you know, it's this little thriller and. People will just kind of watch whatever. It's like, oh, I haven't heard of this. I will try it. And yeah. And so like, yeah, I forgot just how big uh, the concept of TV on DVD well, is. Well, and it also,
1: it's such a numbers game too because compared to videotape, you know, making DVDs, it's pennies to make a DVD, mm-hmm. you know, and, and whereas, you know, videotape, v, uh, you know, VCR videotapes, VHS beta, all that shit was much more expensive. Whereas now, so you don't have to. You know, you don't your movie can can be a little more uh, expensive because they're going to make so many DVDs mm-hmm. and they're going to sell. And and that's that's the other thing is, the you know, who buys most of most DVDs? It's like, you know, it's young people with a disposable income who go to Best Buy and go, oh, I'll buy 10 of these for, you know, for five bucks. Mm-hmm. And They take them home and put them on their shelf and, you know, and they make all their money back as long as the movie isn't too expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, generally you spend the money on one star. You know, you get some some big name to be in the movie, and then the rest of the movie is on a budget, and they make it all back. It's really easy to make your money back on DVD. So it's not even about, yeah, it's not even about the theater anymore. What was the last movie you guys saw in the theater? Watchmen.
2: Jeez, <laughs> I don't remember.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're the movie nerd. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I do want, I do want to see Watchmen. But uh, oh, the last thing I saw was uh, stuff from two thousand eight. I saw it recently, but uh, like. Like the wrestler and Revolutionary Road, and and a couple other things, but uh, and you paid to see those. I did. Oh, that's I good. Did. Not a lot of money, but I <laughs> I paid to see them. <laughs> um, all right, quickly,
0: let's get to to Paul's favorite sitcom. Absolutely.
1: Uh, now, my favorite sitcom, and people laugh at this, and I don't know why, but my favorite sitcom of all time is Bosom Buddies.
2: And I was going to bring <laughs> that up as an example because I think I I think you meant you may have mentioned this on your own show, and ex- that's an example of like. It had a gimmick, right, and it kind of ditched it after a perfect,
1: while. yes, and it's funny because I mean it has it i mean it's totally a gimmick it's mm. it, it's in the opening credits they explain the gimmick um it's it uh many times the plot of every episode will rely on the gimmick, you know uh Kip is dating Sonny, and you know in one episode she wants to go to his place, and he you know, and he's like, I'm gonna get laid. But I don't I can't take her back to my place you know that's the whole conflict it relies on the gimmick eventually uh, in the third season I guess, well they only went three seasons so I guess it was, it was in the third season they 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 threw it all away and I mean and they they did it they didn't just dump it but like eventually Kip and Henry opened up their own uh, ad agency so they didn't have a, they didn't have to do that anymore and then they told every they in the i think it was in the second season or maybe late in the first season everybody at the hotel knew uh, all their friends at the hotel knew yeah they're dudes and it's okay so they didn't have to the only time they had to be dressed as women was if they were going to and from the apartment right so they they were able to get rid of that it was no longer relying on that and then they told everybody, like Kip told Sonny, and they told, like, Isabel, who you know, Tom Hopkins knew, and everybody knew. And it was just like, well, we don't even do it anymore. And in the third season, it's very rare that you ever see them in drag because it's it's no longer about that. Again, and now it's a, it's a show about these two single guys and their relationship with the girls they know and their partner, and they make funny commercials. And, you know, th- that show got brought back by, you know, like a letter-writing campaign. Hmm. Uh, it got canceled after two seasons, and ABC was kind of in the shitter. And then people wrote wrote a bunch of letters, so they brought it back for like half a third season.
0: Did people mail NBC nuts? <laughs> <laughs>
1: they <laughs> mailed them wigs. They mailed NBC wigs to get it back on. Well, um,
0: but, I mean, nuts has a lot to do with yeah, the premise true. of *Bones <laughs> and as well. But it would it had to be
1: like walnuts. You couldn't do peanuts. <laughs> It'd have to be walnuts or chestnuts or something. They you know, and that reminds me. If you have if you have nuts on a wall, what would you call them? Oh God. Walnuts. Right. And if you had nuts on like your chest, what would you call it? (sighs)
2: Chestnuts.
1: And like if you had nuts on your chin, what would that be? What would you have? Oh
2: God. I don't know, Paul. What would you call (laughs) that? (laughs) You'd have a dick in your mouth. (laughs) If you had
1: nuts on your chin, you'd have a dick in your mouth, wouldn't you? I mean So let's uh,
2: see. (laughs) We got that spade joke uh that may have offended somebody. I can't take credit for that. That's David Spades material.
1: Okay. You repeated it, um, and then of course. Well, I'm not saying it's not hilarious. I'm just saying I didn't write it. <laughs> don't
2: don't give me credit for it. It's um, all David Spade. And uh, and now of course you've offended uh, you know any any homosexual listeners we may have. Why I'm
1: celebrating the act of sucking dick. And why is that all of a sudden homosexual? Oh,
2: you know what? That's true. I guess I guess because you were talking to David and myself, maybe I took it that
1: way. <laughs> ah, so well, that says a little bit more
2: about you, I think. Than <laughs> it does about me. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. We, uh, but
1: yes, bosom buddies it, is a.
0: What you should have said is not that. not what would you have if you had nuts on <laughs> your you chin. Go. You would say what would one
1: have? What there one you go. Exactly. Nuts exactly on his or her yeah, on his chin. What, I would say. <laughs> what would one? What would I should say? What would I have? <laughs> yeah, and then that'd be a totally different answer. Um, <laughs> but I like bosom buddies uh, because again when i was growing up and i was a kid i'd watched all the you know dumb sitcoms mork and mindy and laverne and shirley and stuff and then bosom buddies came along and i thought this is really funny and really clever and uh it's about these two hip guys they worked they were worked in an ad agency and um and they would make references and there's this one great episode where isabel wants to perform live wants to do a song and she's performing at this (laughs) she's performing at bud shore's comedy hut And uh, and uh, it's uh, Chris Kattan's dad, Kip King, plays Bud Shore, which and again, that's a great in joke. It's, you know, Bud Friedman, Mitzi Mm -hmm. Shore And, um, and she's performing there. But opening for her is this guy, Bob, the comic played by Bob Saget. Hmm. Huh. and he's doing his act if you know anything about his original act you know he would talk a lot and be self-deprecating and he's opening for her and, I, and it's really funny and i think this is they went the extra you know they got a real comic to do his act but be kind of shitty you know uh-huh. they they didn't just get some actor to be stupid to be a bad comic and she actually and then eventually you know the premise is she's keeps trying to sing and things keep going wrong eventually at the end of the show she does sing she sings breaking up is hard to do and she does the whole number and it's not funny, it's a very, you know, it's Telma Hopkins she was Dawn, half of Dawn, she's got a great voice and she sings and it's, and it's a nice episode and, and and I just remember thinking this was you know, this was funny and also you know, it's Tom Hanks mm-hmm. at, at his prime, it's honestly you know, it's not the horse shit you know, Da Vinci bullshit take yourself too seriously, grow your hair long and call it, win an Oscar garbage that he does now it's him doing what he was meant to do be funny any any movie or tv show where tom hanks goes like this is great <laughs> that's that's uh you know castaway wilson
2: that's great <laughs> thank you for holding the mic away from yeah. your mouth a little bit i appreciate but any, that. any
1: movie where he grows his hair long crap
2: what about castaway he well, grows a lot of hair long
1: and yeah that was a wig
2: Oh, okay. Uh, that's okay. different. Okay. Fair enough. You
1: ever see Joe versus the volcano?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, that might be my favorite Tom Hanks movie ever.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I like it when after he cuts his hair at the beginning, I hate, <laughs> but then when he cuts his hair, it's good. You know what I've always loved about that movie? The music. There's a scene when when him and Meg Ryan are on the suitcases and uh-huh. and, and he's playing his oh, ukulele. Yeah. yeah. He's singing the song "The Wiki Wiki Cowboy." Oh, that's right. And it's so great. And I've always, and they never made a soundtrack for that movie though. I remember <laughs> I remember going to the music store. This is in Chicago. I went to Tower Records and said, you got the soundtrack to Joe the Volcano? And the guy looked it up. He said, I don't think it exists. It's not in their records. And so I... Because I love soundtracks, especially like songs that are only in soundtracks that you can't get, you know? Like yeah. like, uh, like, uh, like School of Rock. That song oh, right. that they do, School of Rock. Mm-hmm. It only appears on one CD. It's the soundtrack yeah. for the School of Rock. <laughs> I love music like that because, you know, soundtracks are great because they remind you of how great the movie was and stuff. But I love... The songs that you can only get from the movie, and I've never been able to find the "Wiki Wiki Cowboy" by Tom Hanks. Uh, if any listener has any idea where I could download that, I would love to, I would love
2: a copy. All right, and
1: uh, well,
0: on that winsome note, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, If you wanted to send uh, Paul a copy of the "Wiki Wiki Cowboy," where where could they get a hold of
1: you? Uh, they can always write me at paul at thekingoftv dot and or you could know, just go through my website, thekingoftv.com. dot com. And uh, you can uh, go to the website and take my trivia quiz and see uh, tips on what to watch uh, every single night. And uh, and you can always, there are two different links there to my podcast, The Paul Goebel Show, uh, that I do every week. We just recorded episode 134. most recently, we had Paul Prevenza on the, the, the show. Oh, oh awesome. Nice. Was, he was a great guest. We talked at length about the aristocrats and uh, hmm. and uh, Northern Exposure and all the stuff he's done. He was awesome. And we've gotten some. We had Wendy McClendon Covey on the show from yeah. Amino 911. Um, I have uh, Paul Russ lined up, uh, Dave Keckner. A lot of great guests coming up. That's why I don't have room for you guys anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> Too big time. Yeah,
2: clearly. Yeah, we we still <laughs> made time for you after. About a year and a half but well, yeah, okay uh, you know. maybe
1: uh, in a year and a <laughs> half from now I'll have you guys on
2: um, now uh, d- real quick uh, as far as like uh, new shows and stuff what uh, you know as far as like the new slate of shows like what do you recommend
1: Well, the season's you know almost over it's almost mm-hmm. summertime and things have kind of come and gone but there's a there's a show coming on CBS and I hope they do it right and I watched it back when uh, uh, they rolled out their new lineup it's called Harper's Island. And it was made in Canada, you know. It's shot in Canada, and uh, it's all unknowns. There's no, there's no stars on the show, and it's like a murder mystery. These people go to this like place in New England for a wedding, hmm. and they start getting killed off one by one. And eventually, when this when the show is over, they reveal the killer, and it's kind of it's a finite thing. It goes you know from beginning to end. Right. People get killed off one by one, and so you know, I'm sure if it does well, they'll bring it back in a shitty version. But it looked I watched the first episode and it's kind of strange because, you know, they're kind of unknowns, they're a lot of teenage actors. So they're not very good. And it's, you know, it's shot, uh, you know, in like British Columbia or whatever. So it's got that kind of look to it, mm-hmm. kind of generic. Uh, but it it's kind of cool because it's it's like an old it reminds me of the kind of, you know, axe murderer movies when we were kids before it was way, way violent. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, someone's picking off these people one by one who's doing it and then and and they've you know they turn on each other and i think it's you and then this guy ends up dead and it ca- set to kind of premiere it's supposed to premiere this month i think okay uh or maybe early early april but maybe it's maybe like next week i think but this it's on cbs
0: this season has been kind of weak for new shows i think oh without a doubt the only like new show that i've watched re- been into recently is eastbound and down uh
1: which yeah. i love i think it's hilarious but, too but even that they only did what six episodes? Six, yeah,
0: the last one should be airing tonight. Tonight, yeah. Um, but uh, like I, I thought, uh, I've been watching it, but I think Dollhouse is really underwhelming. Uh, oh
1: yeah, but well, from what I understood, and I, I feel the same way. The first, the first three, four episodes, I was not crazy about. But what I was told was, it wasn't until this episode that most recently aired with Patton Oswalt, that was the one ep- That was the first episode where Joss Whedon said, "Okay, network, it's my show now." I'm okay. taking over because there's a big reveal. I kind of saw it coming, but there's a big reveal. I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's a yeah. big reveal and it's a great scene. They do it really well. And you know how they've been building up about like the tension within the House. With yeah. Shit going wrong. A lot of shit goes wrong and you kind of see how they react to it. And, you know, and Pat and Oswald is on it and, you know, it's now becoming a big nerd fest and, and it's, it's getting better. I mean, I've, I heard already they Fox is over it and they're already pulled the plug, but, uh you're right uh-huh. the first four or five episodes are underwhelming but this one you'll watch you'll see on friday okay. you, you, when you watch the one that was just down was uh, was pretty good yeah and hopefully it'll it'll get better and it'll it'll catch on
0: and this has been but kind of a depressing time for me with tv <laughs> the past year or so because the wire ended the shield ended battle psychologic <laughs> ended on friday <laughs> all these shows were great you disappointed are, by the, the i haven't DSG it's finale? still my, D- oh, my okay. dvr I'm, I'm gonna
1: watch it tonight i'll tell you they all die oh when i was married uh i would often stay up and watch tv while my wife would watch like five minutes of a show and then fall asleep because she had a day job and uh and so you know i would sit and watch the whole show and then i'd be like i would wake her up go okay you need to go to bed now uh, so i can keep watching tv without you and she would uh and she would go what happened and I go, oh, they all died. <laughs> that was always the answer. What happened on wings? Yeah, exactly. really. <laughs> what happened on two and a half men? Everybody died. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I would always say that, but you know, and then we got divorced. Uh-huh.
2: And on that note,
0: see, that's yeah. the note to end on. Um, and uh, if anyone wants to stop listening now, the end of the episode, all three
2: of us die. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to keep going <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> all right so uh yeah if if you want to email David or myself uh, david at battleshippretension.com Tyler at battleshippretension.com Paul at the com. listen to the Paul Global show subscribe on iTunes it's good stuff yeah occasionally we're on it Thank you, gentlemen. But even listen to the shows that we're not on. because Well, you know, I re-ran good. an episode of yours. I saw you
1: know uh, that, the Christmas right? one. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, over Christmas, I took a week off, and I re-ran the previous Christmas episode.
2: So yeah. so you so there's a guest appearance. You guys didn't even have to show up. To be <laughs> yeah, that's, that's as good as uh, having us on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, talking about uh, our disappointments of 2007. <laughs> Fred Claus. <So> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Spider-Man 3. It's like, wow, they must really hate Spider-Man 3 to be talking about it <laughs> a, a year, year later. later. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway... All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.